officially, I would like to uh, welcome uh, our guests from the recording Western in progress provincial government, as well as uh, uh, the uh, uh, Cape Town Metro. Uh, George Local Municipality, Matsikama, and uh, I'm also informed there's uh, also Local Municipality, but I think we'll correct ourselves as we proceed. I would like to welcome uh, our guests as the Portfolio Committee for Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. Uh, as informed earlier, present at the moment, it's uh, myself, Honorable Mbumuza, and Honorable Brink. I'm sure other members might be in by now. But before we proceed, I think let's start by uh, uh, acknowledging or accepting apologies. If there are any apologies, uh, Portfolio Committee Secretary, Uh, Portfolio Committee Secretary, any written apologies? Good morning, everybody. Yes. There's an apology from Honorable Grunewald. Won't be able to, to join the meeting today as he's having exams. These apologies from the Premier of the Western Cape where the prior engagement and that Minister Wenger will be leading the delegation from the provinces side. His apology from Mayor of the City of Cape Town. He will be... Sorry, sorry. Um, sorry, Councillor... I know I'm one of the councillors. Mbandesi will be leading the delegation from the city. There's a, an apology from Minister. She has prior engagement and won't be able to join the meeting. There's an apology from DM Bapela that also won't be able to join the meeting as well as the DG for DCOG. D M. Karimeng will be joining the meeting, but will be leaving at 10 o'clock due to other engagements. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, thank you. Uh, I was seeing Honorable uh, Karimeng, uh, and she says uh, she can't hear me. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it is me or uh, uh, her side. If, if there's anybody who can hear me, <clears throat> please indicate. Now let me welcome the delegation from the uh, 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 Western Cape province, led by uh, uh, the MEC, we oh, are called ministers, Minister of Finance and Economic Opportunities, uh, accompanied by other ministers as well. I think when we allow you to speak, you'll have to acknowledge uh, 
the, those uh, people who are part of your delegation. Uh, let me as well uh, welcome the uh, uh, one delegated by the mayor as well. When that time comes for them to speak, they will have to acknowledge uh, others. And uh, but but let me again allow from our guests. We acknowledge the deputy minister uh, of uh, cooperative governance who is part of us here. And I'm sure there's somebody from the department who is also going to remain when the deputy minister leaves. Can I allow uh, any further apologies, uh, learning from the previous experience? Any further apologies? Uh, now this one goes to all of us whether it's delegation from the Western Cape province, the municipalities, and uh, any further apologies? Somebody who might say, I, I'm going to leave early or something of that nature. Okay. Well, I, yes. Um. <clears throat> Good morning. Uh, I know that um, MEC Anton Bredal um, indicated that he needs to leave a little bit um, earlier. Um, and then I also got a note from the CFO of the city of Cape Town. That's um, Kevin Jacoby. They've got some tech issues. He can't, he struggles to hear you. So he's trying for his tech people um, to, sort, um, to sort it out. So that's the ones that I um, know of, um, at least from the Western Cape's perspective. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, I don't see. Oh, Honorable Wenga. Good morning, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, just to let you know that um, MEC Brudel is struggling to get online, um, but he's being assisted, uh, so he should be with us shortly. And then uh, a reminder, as per the note I sent through the, to the committee, that um, I too will need to exit the committee at 11 a.m. However, my colleagues will, um, will be able to assist going forward uh, should the meeting still be in progress. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> um, Honorable Mbomza. Thank you, Chairperson. Chair, I would uh, like to request to be released at half past 10. I have to say, Doctor, I'm not that well. Okay, noted. I think the best is to start the meeting before it becomes too thin. Uh, let me welcome uh, you, uh, Honorable Deputy Minister. Uh, yes. Chair of the committee. How are yes, you? Honorable Eza. I'm I'm terribly sick. I uh, I have to see a doctor sometime at uh, twelve o'clock. So I hope by that time we would have done with. As you can hear, with my I don't have strength. Uh, I'm suffering from uh, chronic dizziness currently. So I, I I would I would like to, to you to acknowledge that. Thank you, Chair. Respectfully. Yes, no, uh, 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 I am acknowledging the apology and I hope the doctor will help you. Uh, Honorable uh, Deputy Minister and members, 
let me welcome uh, uh, you and the and our guests, as indicated. Uh, the Western Cape Province, I'm informed, was the first to be called by the Portfolio Committee on the 23rd of June 2020 to account on its COVID response plan. And uh, I'm also informed this followed uh, some interaction with the metros, seven metros. Out of that experience, it then emerged that uh, metros were not competent to uh, respond to all the questions that the portfolio committee and uh, was asking. Then the portfolio committee resolved to engage provincial governments as well. So this is a follow-up meeting on some of those issues after the audit, uh, special audit uh, report by the Auditor General and SIU investigation report. Critically, what you are interested in is not criminal offenses, but we would like to hear from you confirming them. But in, in important for us is consequences. Uh, what is called consequences management, because it looks like when we engage the Auditor General, when we en engage the law enforcement agencies, they think that uh, we are not doing enough as government <clears throat> to uh, do our oversight and making sure that people do account. So that is what actually is bringing us here. We are following after other provinces have come to the committee and uh, we are almost concluding this round. Uh, you might be the second last <clears throat> so we, you are welcome, and there's only one item, it's presentation, and when I say one item, it's one item, many items, <clears throat> in the sense that we have resolved after experiencing uh, not qualitative responses from the provincial governments when they must account about municipalities. Uh, because we do have that authority to oversight the three spheres of government, we then resolved to call also the municipalities that were identified by the Auditor General for audit, so that they can take us into confidence as to what they are doing. So in other words, whilst we expect a presentation from the province, there might be some uh, comments uh, that must come from municipalities. Can I now uh, allow the leader of the delegation of the provincial government of the Western Cape to introduce us to uh, the presenters and whoever to make the opening statements and I'm handing over to you to make sure that uh, your presentation is coordinated properly. Over to you, uh, Minister for Finance, Economic Opportunities. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. 
Uh, good morning to you and a very warm good morning to the members of the, the committee and the Portfolio Committee on Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. My name is Mireille Wenger and I'm the new MEC for Finance and Economic Opportunities in the Western Cape. Very happy to be joining you this morning as my maiden appearance before a National Assembly Committee, having joined the executive approximately three weeks ago. Uh, I'm joined by my colleagues, the Honourable Provincial Ministers um, of Education, Mr. David Mania, and the Provincial Minister of Local Government, Mr. Anton Bradell. We also have on the line the Director General of the Western Cape Government, um, Dr. Malila. Good morning. Um, we also have the Head Official of the Provincial Treasury, Mr. David Savage. Good morning. And we have Ms. Jalinda Gantana, who's the Deputy Director General of Governance and Asset Man Management for the Provincial Treasury, who is also on the line. Uh, Chair, we received a request from you on the 27th of May um, and from this committee to report on the management of COVID-19 funds and the implementation of AG recommendations and consequence management. We have prepared a consolidated presentation, which will be led by Mr. Savage and Ms. Gantana. And that will provide context, the PFMA audit outcomes. It will include funding received for the provincial COVID-19 response, some precautionary measures that were implemented relating to the PFMA, um, as well as departmental checks and balances that were instituted. We then move on to funding, expenditure and precautionary measures implemented in relation to the MFMA. So with that brief introduction, Chair, with your permission, may I then ask the team from the Provincial Treasury to proceed to the presentation? Thank you very much, uh, Minister Wenger, and good morning, uh, Chairperson uh, and uh, honourable members of the, of the committee. Um, I'm not all that au fait with um, uh, Zoom, so I hope everyone could see can see this presentation. If the if the committee secretary could just confirm, Are you yes, able? we can see the presentation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. So, as Minister uh, uh, Wenger said, my name is David Savage. I'm head official of the provincial treasury uh, in the Western Cape government. Uh, this, uh, in, this presentation uh, covers the matters she outlined and attempts to respond to the, to the committee's areas of, of interest. I think a bit of context to start with is that uh, you know, I, read the, I, I read the reports uh, of the AG again over the weekend, um, and there are relatively few matters that were, uh, that were raised uh, in, the, in the audit, um, the special audit. Um, and I think what that does is reflect the relative success of some of our governance control systems that were put in place, not only over time uh, in terms of our broader um, uh, 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 driving of adherence to sound governance practices, um, but also in, uh, in the context of the national state of disaster. disaster. So we did take quite early measures uh, to, uh, to take precautionary steps to strengthen our controls, to ensure compliance, but also to make sure that we had an agile response to the, uh, the pandemic in the framework of the PFMA from a procurement and financial management perspective. Uh, some of the, the, the main steps that we took were the establishment of a, of a COVID-19 coordination function for the finance and SEM cluster uh, to make sure that there was financial, sound financial governance, procurements uh, and, and management 
uh, that were uh, requirements that were met in terms of the Disaster Management Act. Um, so that was a very extensive and, and intensive program uh, of engagements on a daily and weekly basis uh, of surveilling what was going on in departments. But alongside that, we also established a, a central procurement advisory committee where we got our, our top financial management and supply chain experts across the province to be able to provide just-in-time uh, advice to uh, finance officials and departments and accounting offices as they tried to navigate their finance and, and uh, supply chain management requirements through the course of the pandemic and what uh, I'm sure members will recall was a very uncertain time with a lot of instability in the, in the market for uh, commodities that were required. Uh, we, alongside that, deployed our own logistics support and advisory teams, particularly to support uh, humanitarian relief um, work in the province, uh, as well as work on the procurement of medical supplies and PPE, which was one of the most unstable parts of the, of, of the market at that point uh, from a global perspective. So uh, in doing that, uh, in providing that support, we established a database for medical and non-medical uh, PPE suppliers that allowed centralized management of governance requirements, uh, tracking of supply and demand availability, tracking of lead times, benchmark pricing and so forth, um, but also was able to manage queries and provide support, assistance and guidance uh, to departments, municipalities, entities and also suppliers. Uh, alongside that, we engaged, obviously, uh, with National Treasury, uh, particularly on certain exemptions uh, that were required on, on uh, particularly in relating to compliance dates, for example, on the submission of annual financial statements that would, 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 were necessary to trigger the audit process and around audit scoping matters. Um, and, and alongside that, of course, engaged with our Provincial Auditor General, uh, in terms of this, their suspension of non-essential audit work until the um, until the lockdown was 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 lifted. The net result of that, uh, honourable chairperson, is is that uh, the auditor general did not find any significant issues with the financial statements of any Western Cape government institutions. It found that they pro provided reasonable assurance in in, in auditor speak uh, that all transactions were free from material misstatements and have complied with relevant laws uh, and and regulations. Regulations. Uh, the uh, so, some of the uh, audit outcomes are shown in this uh, in this table, uh, but I can confirm uh, that those with those unqualified with findings, those findings relate to non-COVID uh, uh, nineteen related uh, matters. In the instances where there were irregular expenditures that uh, that were identified, in other words, non-compliance with a particular aspect of the regulatory framework, there is a uh, assessment process that is processed through a provincial condemnation working committee uh, in the provincial treasury once they've been submitted uh, to the departments. That requires uh, um, uh, that uh, a, a submission to the provincial treasury's committee would require a confirmation that a determination test has been undertaken. Its findings and recommendations have been understood. The uh, that an investigate any investigation of fraud, corruption, or any criminal conduct has been conducted, and if it's found that criminal charges have been laid, uh, the confirmation of any losses, uh, if they exist, disciplinary action and other remedial actions to strengthen uh, governance systems have been taken. And that those are required before the condemnation working committee uh, can fully assess any application for, for con condemnation. Alongside that, of course, the provincial treasury looks 
to all uh, Auditor General recommendations uh, alongside uh, departments and entities through a continuous program of assessing uh, our findings and developing or assessing the findings, responding to them to develop our approaches to corporate uh, strengthening corporate governance uh, in, in the province. So when we look at the, the uh, funding received for the provincial response to COVID-19, which was the subject of the Auditor General Special Report, uh, a total of um, uh, a, a total of 1.36 billion rand was uh, was appropriated from the three main grants at the top of this table on the left hand side, um, the of which uh, a total of just under 1.3 billion was spent, or a little less than 95% uh, was spent. The vast bulk of this was on compensation of employees that would be particularly related to the hiring of contract staff uh, to uh, to to strengthen uh, health services systems delivery in the in the province um, and on goods and services a large bulk of that which is related to obviously uh, medical commodities required to to respond um, respond to the to the pandemic so of the national uh, of the funding in uh, the last financial year um, it uh, overall it came from national uh, 180 uh, 832 million allocated in the main budget for staff, intermediate care facilities, testing, consumables, items such as PPE, communication, critical equipment and transport uh, services for both staff and patients, uh, and 156 million allocated uh, in uh, through uh, the uh, HIV AIDS uh, conditional grant for the rollout of the province's uh, vaccine program. Alongside that, uh, from, from own resources, the province allocated a further 150 million uh, to assist uh, the department with the vaccine program and 244 million in the adjustments estimate to pre-position resources um, in anticipation of the fourth wave, uh, which was mainly sourced from uh, funding rollovers from the previous financial year. Uh, and unspent funding at the end of the financial year has been uh, submitted as a rollover request into the current financial year for the department's continued COVID-19 response. Primarily, though, all departments have been expected to reprioritize resources uh, within, uh, within their own budget. In terms of matters that were raised in the uh, in, by, in the special audit for the at the provincial government level in the Department of Health, two transactions were identified uh, for PPE for N95 masks at prices exceeding NT uh, uh, benchmark uh, prices. On the one case, uh, the, uh, the 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 transaction was actually cancelled before it was executed. Um, the, on the on the second case, uh, the the supplier could only deliver sixty three thousand units, and uh, the um, these were for N ninety five masks, um, and uh, the contract was cancelled thereafter. Um, it did lead to a potential loss of uh, of uh, a little over forty thousand rand. Um, because they, uh, the department paid uh, 64 cents per mask higher than the benchmark uh, benchmark price. Uh, they are in the process, they are recognizing this as irregular expenditure and will uh, be submitting an application to uh, the provincial treasury around condonation uh, in accordance with the steps that are outlined previously. Um, that has not been uh, received as, as yet, but is, uh, uh, will be forthcoming. In the Department of, uh, of Education, uh, there was uh, um, there were uh, issues raised uh, in terms of a range of uh, uh, 
product specification and procurement management uh, uh, weaknesses by the Auditor General in terms of the specification of, of masks, uh, stock management of PPE in schools and PPE storage in schools. In this respect, uh, the department has acknowledged that there were weaknesses uh, in, in this regard and has uh, now established proper systems to ensure correct needs analysis is, is done before PPD. PPE is procured in schools. Uh, it has instituted guidelines on inspecting uh, and, and undertaking quality checks on PPE that is delivered in schools so that, so that uh, school managers uh, are, are able to, to easily do that. A checklist for reporting on poor quality PPE so that, that may, these may be taken up in case where poor quality PPE is delivered. Guidelines on process controls uh, and, uh, and standard operating procedures and guidelines on storage space for PPE uh, at, at schools. Uh, a, a second uh, matter was raised uh, in relation to deviations from the competitive uh, bidding process in the Department of Education, where the department selected uh, a preferred supplier uh, to procure uh, 2.6 uh, million uh, cloth face masks for, for school students at a value of just over 54 million rand without inviting as many suppliers as possible to bid before awarding the contract. Um, the department indicated that uh, given the urgency nature and quantities required it embarked on an emergency procurement procedure in terms of its own SEM limited bidding uh, uh, and emergency procurement policy, but it is now treating the matter as irregular expenditure, which means that it will be, uh, it is in the process of uh, being investigated and uh, uh, the uh, and the um, the evidence uh, put together for a submission for condemnation to the provincial uh, to the provincial treasury um, as as well. Uh, in addition, I think to the. Uh, uh, to, to, the, to the enablement measures that the provincial treasury uh, and Western Cape government as a whole took during the, the pandemic to secure uh, sound governance controls. We also undertook uh, some uh, sort of additional surveillance and oversight uh, um, enablement uh, in, the, in the context of the disaster. So from the financial systems perspective, we made early adjustments to the basic accounting system to create SCOA items, uh, uh, linking our logistics system to, uh, uh, to that, uh, to create the right project segments, uh, also in the health environment, uh, to make sure that the requisition and ordering and invoicing systems were capturing accurate and aligned uh, information. Uh, our e-procurement system uh, was adjusted as well to allow uh, um, uh, recognition of COVID-19 related uh, transactions and allowing us to then quickly surveil uh, from the provincial treasury perspective all um, all COVID nineteen related uh, procurement transactions, the smaller ones that were that were occurring, um, and uh, also allowed some flexibility for departments to lift the threshold on EPS transactions uh, to ensure that they were able to respond quickly to to commodity demands. Um, the, from an audit, uh, an internal audit perspective as well, the, our, our provincial audit committees. Uh, uh, approved recommended changes in internal audit plans. Um, so uh, to uh, create COVID-19 projects uh, for each department to allow internal audit to, to, to investigate uh, and help to strengthen controls um, as, uh, as well. The, uh, alongside that, we issued a range of guidance circulars, uh, system circulars, uh, um, procurement circulars, 
uh, and financial management circulars uh, to enable departments to put in place common sets of measures uh, and understand the common principles and our program uh, uh, regarding the management of disaster-related funding in that environment and to ensure that all financial tra transactions, for example, including donations to Western Cape government uh, departments and entities were fully accounted, fully and transparently uh, accounted for. Um, so there were a range of measures, uh, perhaps a flurry of circulars, uh, that, that, were, uh, that, that, that were issued and as always in the Western Cape that's accompanied by extensive guidance and engagement with uh, accounting officers and financial management officials to, um, uh, to clarify the underlying intention and procedures associated with uh, compliance with those uh, circulars. And then alongside that uh, and given the fact that we had adjusted our financial systems to be able to closely track COVID-19 expenditures early, uh, we were able to develop and pub publish monthly, quarterly and annual procurement uh, disclosure reports on COVID-19 related expenditures. This started out just covering uh, PPE procurements, but expanded uh, quite rapidly to all um, all procurements uh, in the in, in the province, and that was something that was then taken up by National Treasury in the national dashboard uh, on uh, on uh, COVID nineteen uh, related related procurements. We then took that a step further in our quarterly and annual reports in looking at who were the who were the suppliers uh, by uh, in terms of um, uh, preferential and other secondary procurement objective objectives and requirements. Um, you know where were suppliers located? How many SMEs uh, uh, and previously uh, disadvantaged uh, individuals and firms uh, were involved in the uh, in, in the procurement of of um, goods and services through through the through the pandemic? And we reported that those outcomes on a quarterly and then an annual basis as well. Now the procurement disclosure reports I think were were very important in terms of preserving trust in the procurement system amongst the public, but also making sure that we have the benefit of uh, of public oversight um, and uh, and um, which can lead to the the identification of challenges or questions that need to be responded to by uh, by accounting officers. So it's an added level of surveillance uh, that is added to the system um, as well. Alongside that, then there were set departmental checks and balances in terms of uh, one of our circulars, uh, our financial management circular. Uh, that introduced uh, um, systems of budgetary control to adjust uh, reprioritize budgets uh, and uh, adjust cash flow requirements to record COVID-19 related expenditures to clarify res reporting responsibilities uh, for departments and public entities um, and, uh, and to make, make sure that we supported the disclosure of expenditure for COVID-19 uh, that was then obviously published in the procurement, uh, uh, procurement disclosure, uh, disclosure report. In terms of the Municipal Finance Management Act, the, we also, and our support to municipalities, uh, we, uh, we also took a range of, uh, of, of similar and complementary uh, uh, me uh, measures. Um, funding in the, uh, for the municipal response to COVID-19, of course, came from three broad sources. Firstly, all municipalities reprioritized resources within their own budget. 
budgets. Um, the secondly, uh, existing conditional grant transfers to municipalities were reprioritized or had their rules changed. Um, for example, municipal infrastructure grant funding could be used for the sanitization of public transport and the provision of emergency water supply. And finally, municipalities also received additional transfers from national and Western Cape governments in the 2021 financial year uh, to respond to the, to the disaster. Uh, that included uh, a little under 8 million rand that was allocated uh, to Western Cape municipalities through the Municipal Disaster Relief Grant, 16.2 million rand through the local government support grant by the Department of, or Provincial Department of Local Government to, to strengthen humanitarian and feeding relief uh, initiatives, uh, and uh, an additional 721.7 million rand that was allocated to municipalities uh, in uh, through the Western Cape uh, uh, Local Government Equitable Share uh, as well. The precautionary measures uh, that were taken included uh, the National Minister of Finance issuing a conditional exemption uh, to uh, minimize delays in decision-making processes at, uh, at, at municipalities. Uh, that was an exemption from the provisions of the MFMA that required actions to be taken uh, in the budget uh, and, and accounting processes in the course of that year. Uh, in, however, in the Western Cape, most municipalities continued to comply with the original uh, legislative prescripts in terms of in-year reporting on budget implementation. And this was very important for us as the provincial treasury uh, and Western Cape government as a whole, because it allowed us to closely monitor the financial health of, uh, of, of municipalities uh, right through the, through, through the lockdown. And there was, I think, uh, uh, honorable members will be aware, considerable strain on municipal finances uh, during this period, uh, particularly in the form of lower uh, collection rates. Um, that, and that led to a number of budgets uh, of, of municipalities in the province becoming unfunded. Um, so we uh, uh, worked with six municipalities to develop budget funding plans. Uh, and in fact, the provincial executive went one step further in the case of Beaufort West municipality, which was placed under an intervention in terms of section 139.5 uh, of the constitution uh, and chapter 13 of the MFMA uh, in August uh, 2021. Um, it's not just about oversight and intervention though, of course, it is also around continuous support to municipalities uh, where we used our existing IGR structures, which are quite well developed in the Western Cape uh, and our MFMA help desk functions, uh, as well as our regular um, uh, semi-annual engagements uh, with municipalities on their budgets and budget execution uh, and ongoing guidance in the course of the, of the financial, uh, financial year. We did, as with the provincial government, issue some guidance circulars to municipalities on disaster-related procurement, uh, and clarifying for accounting uh, uh, accounting officers of municipalities and municip municipal entities procurement uh, uh, requirements in response to the pandemic and uh, business continuity requirements uh, and an assessment of the impact of MFMA circulars issued by uh, uh, National Treasury in relation to uh, uh, bulk central procurement uh, for government institutions. 
reports of potential wrongdoing in municipalities uh, are made in terms of Section 106 of the MSMA and are investigated by the Department of, 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 of Local Government and referred to the SIU for investigation where, uh, where appropriate. Uh, whistleblowers can also, of course, approach the SIU, uh, SIU directly. Um, but what is different uh, from provincial government is in the case of uh, irregular expenditure, this has to be addressed by municipalities in terms of their own policies and through impact structures. And we provide advice to municipalities and their disciplinary boards and in training impacts in performing, uh, performing this role. We also on the surveillance side monitored municipal reports on COVID spending on a, uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, uh, based on the National Treasury Weekly Expenditure Reporting Templates to track and record expenditures specifically associated with COVID-19 and to understand and monitor the municipality's financial condition. Um, the uh, Western Cape municipalities uh, reported uh, COVID-19 spending of about 1.6 billion for the period from 15 March 2020 to 1 April 2022. The information from the reports is shown on uh, on on the next uh, uh, on the next two screens. Uh, this looks at uh, by general spending area where that money was spent. Should just note that this is based on the reports from municipalities and not from a direct draw from the MSCOA of of municipalities. So there is some incorrect. Classifications. Members will note, for example, in the case of Matsikama, a relatively high 177 million that's reported uh, uh, under general expenditure. We're drilling into that number. What that is, uh, is uh, compensation of employees, which is an incorrect recording of it's not a direct uh, COVID expenditure. Um, but this is presented as reported by municipalities. In fact, Matsikama's spending was closer to 2 million uh, rand on direct COVID-19 um, issues. So this is a classification error uh, in, in, uh, in, in that case. Again, uh, in terms of funding, uh, I talked through the broad sources of funding, own revenues of municipalities were reprioritized, about 80, 850 million rand uh, across our municipalities was reprioritized according to their reporting and then grant funding of 771 uh, million rand, including uh, the, um, uh, the reprioritization of the uh, equitable, equitable share. When it comes to issues uh, raised in the special report by the AG, these were uh, uh, these were related to the city of Cape Town, um, and I know we have the, the the CFO of the city of Cape Town as well as the uh, MMC for finance uh, with us with us today. Uh, there were issues related to PPE procurement controls. Um, the, the vast bulk of those have been um, uh, uh, resolved already. Um, the remaining matters were the detection of non-compliance in selecting and approaching uh, existing suppliers and paying premiums beyond benchmark prices. In this case, the, the city has informed us that there's no, no irregular expenditure has been detected, but disciplinary action is being taken against uh, officials, uh, against one official linked to the contract that was impugned. Uh, in this regard, uh, and a forensic investigation of uh, premiums being paid beyond uh, benchmark prices uh, is being uh, 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 has been conducted, and that has been reported to both National Treasury and the Competition Commission, and disciplinary action uh, taken against uh, two officials. It's a matter of uh, the hiring of tents. 
where uh, where the special audit raised uh, issues, particularly related to project planning and preparing needs analysis. Uh, this is leading to uh, a finding of irregular expenditure uh, for the Wingfield site, um, with the AG finding that this was beyond the scope of city functions and the uh, and the and the, um, the rules of the Urban Settlements Development Grant. There was also uh, matters raised on water supply for informal uh, settlements, particularly to. to uh, 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 in relation to contract oversight and consultation with custodians of existing contracts. This was referred for forensic uh, investigation uh, and the, uh, the city's uh, MPAC is currently uh, considering the recovery of overcharging uh, in this respect. Um, the, uh, in terms of the use of emergency uh, procurement controls, uh, the, the question was raised uh, whether the, the use was justified by the uh, reasonable lead time, the reasonableness of the lead times for the delivery of stock. Um, there was no irregular expenditure detected in this case. Uh, in terms of controls uh, over deviations, there were uh, questions raised over the use of competitive processes in procurement. And again, no, no irregular expenditure was detected in this case and uh, controls over the expansions of existing contracts. Uh, an issue was raised with a lack of cons consultation with contract, ma uh, uh, contract managers. Uh, so a governance weakness, but no, again, no irregular uh, expenditure itself was detected uh, in, uh, in, in that case. What I haven't, Chairperson, um, covered here is uh, SIU matters. The, there have been SIU investigations in the province. There were two matters in municipalities that were um, that, that that were that were raised in Matsikama and Cedarburg municipalities. Uh, in the case of Matsikama municipality, in relation to the procurement of PPE, the Hawks have recently uh, made uh, a number of arrests in that case, and that uh, and I think that those charged are, have uh, have appeared in court. Uh, for a first time uh, in the last uh, 10 days. Thank you very much. Um, honorable members, I'm informed that this was a consolidated uh, report, so municipalities will only come in when there are questions raised. So this becomes the the, the presentation for everybody. And uh, in terms of the program, then this allows us an opportunity as members to make comments, uh, ask questions. And uh, I think I'm at that stage now where I'll take hands of the honorable members uh, who would want to speak on the matters. Um, I see Honorable Teza, you are number one. Uh, uh, Honorable Matumba, number two. And uh, <coughs> Honorable Uteles, <coughs> you are number three. Um, Honorable Brink, number four. Can I take you in that order? And I think I'll, uh, those will come in. I will take them as they come. Honorable Teza. 
No, thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, 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 just uh, forgive my 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 voice. The capacity is not quite there. Um, the first thing that I would like to that I have interest on is when the MEC for Finance spoke uh, in in relations to the fact that. Uh, uh, there's uh, economic opportunities uh, in the Western Cape. I wanted to ask in light of the fact that most of your rural municipalities, residents migrate to Cape Town or Johannesburg or even Quebec as a result of the lack of economic activities in their areas of birth. What feasibility studies have you conducted to industrialize your rural, your rural municipalities spaces, which will lead to employment and the improvement of revenue within the rural municipalities, thus closing the, the, the disparities between the rich and the poor in your province. Uh, the, the second one, Chair, would, uh, uh, was relating to uh, human settlements. Uh, section, section 152D, of the constitution uh, uh, presents us uh, to say that um, it, it speaks about the promotion uh, promotion of safe and healthy environment. What measures have the department put in place in ensuring the eradication, the eradication of street dwellers given this prescript of the constitution in the city of Cape Town and what are the timeframes to deal with this? Uh, because our view is that uh, homelessness uh, is, a, is indeed an asset for the spread of diseases, particularly as it relates to COVID-19. Uh, uh, the other one, uh, Chairperson, uh, uh, are there people who benefited from finance link individual subsidy program in the province who in essence were not supposed to benefit uh, because of their income that was above the threshold of the intended beneficiaries? If yes, what is AXA doing about, about this? The other one, Chair, there has been recent uh, promises by the Premier Ellen Wind that the DA provincial government is committed to addressing the issue of spatial planning in the, in the province and that his government will support the building of social housing in the inner city. Because we know that most poor Black people cannot afford the actual expense the actual expensive cost of renting apartments within the inner city and a, and a greater percentage of their salaries are spent uh, on transport to go to work work in the in the and to work and in the in the in the inner city and the surrounding area what is the envisage project intended to achieve why has his government turned down an opportunity to develop Tafelberg 
proper property into social housing for the poor to address the inequalities and chronic disparities associated with special planning in the province. Um, municipalities generally struggled before the, the, the COVID-19 pandemic. It is now worse with the huge increase of unemployment, grant funds redirected away from the normal service delivery. What measures have the province put in place to assist municipalities with their service delivery uh, challenges? As noted, non-payment non of municipal ac accounts uh, because of unemployment decrease in revenue uh, derived from rates and, and taxes. What mitigation plan does the province intend to implement in this regard? Um, in, that, in that slide, just before closure, they speak about the detection of non-compliance in, in, uh, in selecting and approaching existing suppliers, premiums beyond benchmark prices. And then they speak about, they say follow up, then they speak about the discipline. What is the nature of, of those disciplinary actions that have been taken against one official there? Uh, forensic report of prices conduct, conducted, disciplinary action taken against the two officials. What is the nature of those, of those two officials and where are they located within the municipality exactly? In which department? Regarding the recently concluded foreign forensic investigation into water supply for informal settlements, which, which found that the city was overcharged, what is the name of the supplier and the amount involved? What action has the city taken against the supplier besides referring to it to the matter to the matter to the impact? Uh, and then municipalities, uh, municipalities and and provincial government having um, reallocated grants and funding to counter the effects of the of of the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic. How does the this impact on current and future normal uh, municipal funding? And effect, and effect, and effect, basic municipal service deliver. Was analysis done on such on such an impact? Is do, 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 have you already uh, analyzed how how it should impact uh, current? Given the fact that you, uh, during COVID nineteen everything has been uh, redirected, I, I I think I will park it here, chair, and uh, excuse excuse me for for my voice and thank you very much. Thank you, <clears throat> Honorable Matumba. Uh, uh, morning, Chair, and uh, thank you very much uh, for <clears throat> this opportunity. Um, Chair, um, first of all, I would like to say, you know, it's very much difficult to speak on this report because it is not complete. It doesn't give us a, a proper picture for us to do oversight. Uh, 
it doesn't at all. Chair, uh, unfortunately, it doesn't even have numbering, so I can't say let's go to this page, but uh, there's a page that speaks of uh, precautionary measures implemented uh, on uh, Municipal Financial Management Act. And uh, the last but one paragraph there, uh, it says the province, uh, it says instances of irregular expenditure had to be addressed by municipalities in terms of their own policies and through MPEG structures. Chair, the issue of irregular expenditure is dealt with uh, using a uniform approach, which is Municipal Financial Management Act, uh, Section 32. So, it doesn't speak of any policy from the municipalities that they have their own policies of dealing with irregular expenditure. So it means all municipalities in South Africa must adhere to Section 32 of Municipal Financial Management Act and use it to deal with irregular expenditure. Now, we, I would like to know what do they mean that the municipalities will have to use their own policies? Because in accordance with Section 32, municipalities are even compelled to report to the provincial government on irregular expenditure. So they should have been having a report that these are, this is the, these are irregular expenditures that took place. These are the actions that the municipalities took through the act and not with uh, this thing of saying they have their own policies. So we would want to know where are the reports from the municipalities on irregular uh, expenditure. Now, Chair, I will go to special audit matters, city of Cape Town. Even there, there is no proper picture, Chair. You know, uh, if I have the powers, I was going to say these people must go back and give us a proper report. In fact, that is my proposal, Chair. Now, it says with water supply for informal settlement, it will tell you that referred to forensic investigation. MPEG considering recovery of overcharging. Now, it, it will then take you back to 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 what I was uh, I was saying there that it is section thirty two subsection two of municipal financial uh, management act that says the municipal the municipality must uh, rec recover uh, the municipality must recover so it. What I do not understand is where does MPEG come in there to say MPEG is considering? Because MPEG, we don't know what MPEG is doing until MPEG gives a report to cancel and say, this is our decision. Now, when we say MPEG is considering, it means 
we now know what the decision that MPEC is going to, to take. And then, therefore, it means the MPEC that we took the matter to is no longer independent because we even know the decision that they're going to take. Uh, hence, we have uh, section 30, uh, 32, subsection 2, that says a municipality must recover unauthorized, irregular, or fruitless and wasteful expenditure from people that are liable. So what we want to know from water supply for informal settlement, the report should have been telling us there is irregular expenditure. These are the people who are liable, and this is the decision that was taken by council to recover on overcharging. Not MPEC considering over uh, considering recovery of overcharging. The report itself gives us a different picture of MPEC. It also says uh, referred to forensic uh, investigation. Now, Chair, we also have at the PPE procurement day, it will tell us disciplinary against uh, one official linked to contract. We don't know what did this official do? How was this official involved? Uh, again, it will tell you forensic investigation of prices conducted, reported to National Treasury and Competition Commission, disciplinary action against two officials. What is happening with disciplinary actions against two officials. What is the picture then? We want to do oversight, disciplinary action against, was disciplinary action taken? Are you planning to take disciplinary action? What is really happening? In terms, Chair, my, my, my submission is that in terms of the city of Cape Town, we, we must have a thorough report. What we're getting in terms of city of Cape Town is not a report. It doesn't speak anything that we can uh, we can do oversight on. There's nothing they can be accountable on because they, they are not saying anything uh, to us. Uh, I'm even giving you example here. MPEC considering recovery of overcharging disciplinary action against two officials. So can can, can I'm, I'm proposing that. Uh, the city of Cape Town must come with a proper uh, a, a report only for the city of Cape Town because there's nothing uh, currently here. Thank you, Chair. Honorable uh, Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Um, there are serious concerns regarding um, the suppliers that were used for emergency procurement. Um, for example, there's a supplier called uh, Top and North CC, which is listed multiple times. However, this supplier was blacklisted by Treasury um, as per the media report dated 12 July 2017. Uh, so my question, therefore, is um, how then did the Top and North CC get these multiple contracts with the city of Cape Town? And uh, several of the other service providers listed do not have websites. 
or information available about the services that they offer. Uh, however, so how, how were these uh, service providers uh, selected as well? Um, one, my third question is, um, a supplier called SimNet House received multiple contracts, uh, one contract alone worth 3,728,745 rands. And this service provider has no website and references to a company with this name online describe this company as being part of the residential building construction industry. If this is indeed the case, uh, Chair, how then do they get such large contracts for emergency meals uh, slash food parcel procurement? Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you, Honorable Brink. Thanks very much, Chair. Uh, I am interested in the procurement disclosure reports, uh, and I think that the Western Cape was probably the first province to uh, to use this device, uh, although disclosing your procurement is uh, is part of uh, is part of the PFMA uh, and the MFMA. Um, but these, I just want to know specifically these procurement disclosure reports, were they limited to PPE related goods? Uh, and secondly, did you as uh, decision makers, uh, especially the politicians and the executives or the, the members of the executive, did you find that they were a useful device in making decisions or uh, exercising meaningful oversight over the, over the administration? Um, just those two questions. Thanks very much, Chair. Thank you. Um... I think I'm noting uh, uh, the one one member here. Oh, it's the DM who is joining the select committee. Um, now this is the opportunity for uh, responses. Uh, uh, like I indicated earlier, the coordination of those responses should also. Uh, 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 be directed in the sense that uh, the, the leader of the delegation for the province must as well allow municipalities. Can we respond now? Thank you, Honourable Chairperson, and thank you to the Honourable Members for their questions. Um, I'll respond on some of them and then I'll ask some of the colleagues that are joining the delegation to respond to others. Um, the first question from Honourable Teresa on rural economic development. Um, I'm here with, I have wear two hats. The first one is finance um, and that is the capacity in which I'm appearing here today. But I also have the economic development tourism hat that I wear um, in the executive. Um, and part of our rural economic development strategy is to promote tourism, energy, resilience, and then, of course, investment uh, promotion. Um, so we actually have a district unit uh, within Westgrow, which is the um, Western Cape's Tourism and Investment Promotion Agency, which specifically focuses on promoting investments outside of the metro and in uh, the Western Cape more broadly. 
Um, we are looking at energy resilience um, and projects being developed throughout the province because we know that uh, energy resilience will help drive job creation. Um, we also, uh, from the provincial treasury side, produce um, the Municipal Economic Review and Outlook, which is a yearly analytical document uh, produced by the provincial treasury, which looks at economic activities uh, and investments happening in municipal areas. Um, which is a great tool in helping to um, promote and foster economic development um, in other municipalities outside, um, outside of the metro. Um, then um, what I will do is I will ask um, either the DG or colleagues from local government to respond to the questions on spatial planning, um, the detection of non-compliance, um, if I could refer to the colleagues from Provincial Treasury, um, and questions on water supply in the city of Cape Town, either uh, local government or colleagues from the city. Then the questions from Honourable uh, Matumba on the MFMA and the special audit, if I could ask a provincial treasury to respond to those. Um, Honourable Butelezi, the questions on the service providers, um, perhaps if local government or city colleagues would be able to respond there. Um, and then Honourable Brink's question on the procurement disclosure reports. Um, the aim of those procurement disclosure reports uh, is in effect to promote an increased transparency and also to allow for uh, scrutiny. Um, so they've helped us to strengthen transparency and public oversight um, of our government spend in respect of disaster related procurement. Um, they've also created an opportunity for departments within the government to implement mechanisms to make improvements to the quality and credibility of the data and information in respect of COVID-19 expenditure. Um, initially, the, um, the, the procurement disclosure reports did focus on PPE, um, but the scope of the reports was, in fact, uh, expanded to include all disaster-related uh, procurement. And this approach by the Western Cape Provincial Treasury was subsequently adopted by the National Treasury, so it is a good uh, best practice in this field. Um, let me then hand over um, to, let me start with the Director General, the DG, um, if you'd like to respond to any of the questions. If not, we'll hand over then um, to Provincial Treasury. Thank you. Minister Wenger, thank you very much. Um, I take it that I'm audible. Um, I mean, I can definitely confirm that, um, particularly during the COVID period, um, these reports definitely assisted the, um, the executive. And in fact, um, Chair, we had an entire system in the province around managing um, COVID. And then obviously, you know, when all these issues sort of popped up elsewhere around, you know, fraud and transactions in the system, irregularities within the procurement system, we took a decision. I mean, that's the executive, you know, that we want to be transparent, we want to be open, and we want to make sure that there are no issues in our procurement system. And the Treasury in our province led the process, obviously, with the support of the respective um, um, departments. And therefore, you know, if you look at the Auditor General reports, and I think um, actually um, David Savage highlighted it, you know, we did not find, or well, the Auditor General did not find any major issues with regards to the way that we went about, you know, um, procuring, you know, particularly some of these PPE um, um, issues. So Chair, I want to also indicate that obviously when we um, were involved during the, the COVID period and all these procurement issues took place, we met with the municipalities at least on a weekly um, basis. We had a structured approach. We called it an extended um, um, cabinet. And um, I mean, the Premier at almost each and every of these meetings highlighted the fact to municipalities that the procurement processes need to be clean. It needs to be open. 
it needs to be transparent, notwithstanding the fact that we were dealing with a disaster um, at that um, point in time. Chair, in relation to um, spatial planning, I mean, we've got a department responsible for um, planning and um, environment. Um, we also um, have some planning capabilities in the Department of, um, of Human Settlements. We do this given the legislative um, requirements together um, with um, municipalities. And, um, and in fact, um, all the issues around planning, spatial planning is built into the strategy of Western Cape government. So if you go to our provincial strategic plan, um, particularly our, um, our priority um, four area, you will see that there's a specific dedicated space where we talk about um, the environment, but we also talk about the issue around spatial planning. And spatial planning is more than just, you know, planning for human settlement. It also includes um, economic opportunities. It also includes the issues of uh, mobility. It includes also planning around other um, public services like hospitals, um, schools, human settlements, um, etc. But we can't do this on our own. We actually do the work um, together um, with municipalities. Chair, I mean, you're well aware, I mean, we are battling, I think, as a country with regards to improving opportunities um, for people, getting people closer to economic opportunities. And that, in fact, is a function of spatial planning. I mean, spatial planning has also got an economic function. So you bring people closer to working opportunities, then obviously you reduce the travel time, you reduce the um, expenditure in relation to um, public expenditure for transport, et cetera, et cetera. And that's one of our objectives of Western Cape government. We want to bring people closer to um, economic opportunities through our spatial planning um, regime and through all the initiatives that we are running um, in the province. Chair, so, I think that's it um, from our side. I will now hand over to um, to David Savage, Minister Wing, if you agree to that. And then um, I think after David, we should um, probably give um, also an opportunity to Kevin Jacoby, who's the CFO. But before I hand over to David, um, I see Minister Bradal, who's the minister responsible for um, environment and spatial planning. I just wanted to check if Minister Bradal maybe want to say um, anything um, further. Then, Minister, then I can hand back um, to you, Minister Wenger now. Minister Bradal? Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. and. Members of the Standing Committee, thank you very much. Um, thank you for 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 the opportunity. Um, yeah, just briefly on on um, spatial planning, um, we will also take to to cabinet within the next two weeks. We've developed an inclusionary housing policy. I think um, I do think Gauteng's got one, but I think we will be the second province that present an inclusionary housing policy. We do understand the mobility issues within our province um, and that people struggle. So we we, we definitely is part of our, our policy going forward. Um, we've also done a, a housing market study for our municipalities. Um, that is also um, especially focused on our secondary cities um, to help them to understand the housing market. Um, we, we do have a... An ongoing struggle with revenue, revenue enhancement. We've done some, a lot of work on revenue enhancement to help municipalities to understand the billing system, to understand that there's still people that can pay that don't contribute towards. And at the end of the day, it's a balancing act to get to get um, subsidies going throughout the system and to support our households that cannot pay for services. Um, 
but um, and then we've done also a very important study, a growth potential study for towns, um, focusing our our um, our resources into the economic space in that town that will help um, to grow the economy in that specific town. And we've got um, 30 municipalities. Each one's got a unique selling proposition. And how do we focus on that? And how do we join our resources to build that out within those specific towns? So we, in conversation and in discussion and in debate with our municipalities on, on that, um, yeah, so so I will leave it there, but but we we busy with working on a daily basis with our municipality on their spatial planning and including the housing policies. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Winger, may I, may I proceed? Thank you very much, Mr. Savage. Please do. Thanks. Yes. So so just on that question on, on, on in terms of uh, rural municipalities and urban growth, just to note that, of course, in the Western Cape, uh, growth is not confined to the city of Cape Town. There's actually faster rates of growth occurring in the Southern Cape, uh, B2, uh, um, George uh, municipalities, and also in um, some of the Cape Winelands area, um, Overberg, Witzenberg, and so forth. So that our strategy is very much adjusted to uh, two municipalities across the province, uh, not just uh, uh, city of city of Cape Town. When it comes to the question of um, human settlements, uh, there there was obviously a dramatic rise in <coughs> in homelessness uh, in the course of the of, of the pandemic. Um, there uh, have been measured response measures by uh, the provincial government as well in terms of the expansion of homeless shelters um, and the conversion of, of some provincial buildings which is currently underway in this current financial year uh, to expand the number of beds in the central city area for instance to provide uh, to, uh, to provide shelter for homeless people that works across uh, alongside of uh, of course our, our normal human settlements uh, investment programs or informal settlement upgrading uh, programs and what Minister Bradell had mentioned in terms of the inclusionary housing programs. Uh, in relation to uh, the FISP subsidy um, and uh, irregular beneficiaries on the FISP, FISP, uh, FISP subsidy, I'm not aware from the provincial treasury perspective of any irregularities that have been identified in the in the Western Cape uh, with uh, in, 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 in that regard. Um, the, and I haven't, we haven't picked that up in, I don't think Auditor General has picked that up either uh, at this uh, at this point. I'm not saying that it is not a risk, uh, but I think it is a risk that's quite closely uh, monitored and managed by our, uh, our Department of Human Settlements um, in, in that uh, respect. We do also have uh, a, a growing portfolio of social housing uh, uh, projects uh, in well-located areas, uh, particularly in the city of Cape Town. Um, the, uh, that the province is developing. This works alongside uh, efforts of the city. Um, the uh, Conradi um, uh, project is, is uh, one that is nearing completion now. And I, I believe uh, uh, some beneficiaries have already occupied units there. Um, the, there are a range of others in that portfolio that are on various stages of preparation, including, for example, the Artscape uh, project in the central city 
um, uh, amongst uh, amongst others. Uh, the Tafelberg matter, I believe, is still under litigation, but I stand to be corrected in that uh, in, in 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 that respect. It's by no means the only uh, um, affordable housing or affordable social housing project that's under uh, under development or consideration uh, in the, in in the province. In terms of the um, measures to assist municipalities with their service delivery challenges and their fiscal challenges. Um, the, we obviously did work with municipalities right from the get-go, as the, as the DG had indicated, meeting very frequently with municipal managers uh, and other senior leadership from the provincial treasury side. Our focus was on financial stability, uh, encouraging municipalities to take early measures to con contain unnecessary expenditures. Uh, and to protect revenues where, where, where appropriate while taking due cognizance of the pressure that households were under during, during the period. So steps there included uh, uh, the development of, a, of a, uh, a vulnerability monitoring dashboard for our most vulnerable municipalities, which tracked high frequency uh, financial performance data so that we could see on a regular basis uh, uh, in, um, you know, income and expenditures of those municipalities. Uh, those that were vulnerable, as I mentioned, we worked with them to develop budget funding plans where they could constrain expenditures where they weren't uh, uh, weren't required uh, in the in the context of the pandemic, but uh, making sure that services could continue to be uh, delivered. Uh, and then you know we integrated that with our regular uh, semi-annual budget uh, engagements. Alongside that, worked alongside um, efforts by the Department of Local Government uh, in terms of uh, Section 154 support to all of our municipalities, uh, and there are integrated programs of support that through the provincial treasury, the Department of Local Government, um, and uh, and uh, other other departments in the provincial government, such as environmental affairs and development planning, where we agree on areas of support for municipalities, which can cover uh, service delivery, financial management, revenue management issues uh, that are provided in the course of every year. And so those are reviewed uh, and extended every year, uh, developed further, developed every year. Um, in terms of an integrated uh, support strategy for municipalities in the province. And I think that was particularly useful in the course of navigating the, 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 the pandemic. I think what was most useful, of course, was the ability to meet frequently with our municipal leadership and discuss issues of, 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 uh, of, of mutual concern and then individually in the cases where they were facing very specific uh, challenges that needed uh, that, that needed a um, uh, response. I, I, I think it goes without saying, we haven't presented the detailed data here, uh, is that all municipalities faced financial pressure uh, during this period. It was also a period where um, wage increases uh, from uh, the negotiations with municipal unions uh, came through um, as well, which were above inflation at that point. Um, and that placed some pressure on, on municipalities as well that they had to they had to navigate uh, during that period. On the question of um, 
of uh, irregular expenditure in terms of Section 32 of the MFMA. Uh, uh, the member is absolutely correct that there is a regulated process in terms of Section 32 that deals with irregular expenditure, um, and that is complemented by the financial misconduct uh, regulations issued in terms of the uh, in terms of the the the, um, uh, the MFMA. Municipalities do report irregular expenditure to the province. Um, what we haven't done in this report because we confined our report to the uh, to the to the matters in the special audit. Um, was reports on all of the irregular expenditure that has been reported by municipalities to the province and the follow-up actions that have been taken in that regard. But as the member uh, would know, Section 32 does require the municipalities to take that action and that the province uh, plays an oversight role in that in that regard to make sure that that is uh, that 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 is um, happening. And I'm uh, I'm sure that the city of Cape Town will report on what is uh, you know in more detail on the steps in each of the matters that were raised uh, in the in the in this in the special audit. Um, and then I think just finally from my side with regard to the uh, procurement disclosure report, I think uh, um, members absolutely correct that that there are standard requirements for disclosing disclosing contracts awarded. What was unusual in the context of the what was innovative in the context of the of the procurement disclosure disclosure report is that we were reporting on expenditures across departments on an integrated basis on on a on a specific set of procurements related to the disaster response and we provided information on uh, uh, for example the unit costs of individual uh, uh, purchases individual contract purchases against benchmark prices where those prices uh, um, uh, applied so they certainly did help with oversight uh, and that did help to focus the attention I think of procuring uh, uh, entities in making sure that they achieve the benchmark uh, at a minimum the benchmark prices um, despite uh, the disruptions in the in, in, in the market and when in cases where that wasn't achieved for one reason or another there's a clear process of of um, uh, follow-up in that uh, in that respect as the case in the um, in, in the Department of, uh, of Health. Um, I think that covers the issues from the provincial side, and I think there were then a range of questions that were asked in more detail on the transactions in the city. Thank you, Mr. Savage. Um, I wonder if colleagues from the uh, city government would like yes. to respond at the stage? Yes, Merrily. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Councillor Bandesi. Please go ahead. Okay. Uh, thank, thanks very much, Chair, and the members of the committee. Uh, thank you for this opportunity to represent the city of Cape Town. Uh, my name is Siseko Mbandezi, Mayoral Committee Member for Finance, and I am joined by our Chief Financial Officer, Mr. Kevin Jacoby, who would be able to deal with the detail of some of the questions that were asked. Uh, but I just want to uh, respond to a few questions that, that, that were also asked. Uh, one around the issue of the homelessness um, in, in the city and the CBD in particular. Uh, the, the mayor, uh, Jordan Hill, is, is dealing with that uh, matter. And, and I, I understand the frustration that the, the member was expressing. Uh, but um, I think uh, the, the rise in the number of homelessness in the city was exacerbated by the uh, uh, COVID-19 regulations, 
And now with the lifting of that, uh, the mayor is taking the matter forward to try and, and deal with it appropriately uh, because the, the city has safe spaces available for people who are homeless. Uh, so that, that, that one is, is being dealt uh, by the mayor. Uh, David has also covered very well the issue of social housing and inner city uh, development, and I think also has covered uh, 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 Honorable Member Matumba from EFF. Uh, I think David has, has covered that, and, and, and Kevin can uh, also respond if, if it's necessary. And then uh, Honorable Butelezi, um, I'm not sure in, in terms of your top and uh, the company top and nose whether it would be able to pass the supply chain processes scrutiny if it was barred from doing business uh, 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 with with the government. But I do know uh, I, I I do I do remember seeing a. A, a press report around it where the, I think they've won the case in, in a court of law. So I, I don't think that there's anything irregular in doing business with them. Whether a company should have a website or not, the CFO will respond to that, whether it's something that we measure to, to, to get into a business uh, uh, um, uh, with a company in, in the city, whether whether one must have a website or not. Uh, if you don't have, then you won't be given an opportunity. I'm not sure, but the CFO will deal with that. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think that's that's that that's that's about it, Chair. Uh, uh, CFO Kevin Jacoby, uh, if you uh, are able to 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 respond further in detail to some of the questions, uh, you are are free to do so. May I proceed? Yes, yes. Um, morning, Chair, and morning to all your honourable uh, members. My name is Kevin Jacoby. I'm the Chief Financial Officer for the City of Cape Town. Um, and um, being part of your committee, we feel very welcome here um, this morning. And just to express my appreciation for that combined presentation by David Savage um, earlier on. Um, Chair, I must admit, when, when we were given the, the, the questions and the opportunity to present here today or be present here today, um, I, I have all of those memories around what March 2020 and especially the end part of March 2020 looked like. And being a chief financial officer for a number of years, uh, one of our focal points that we had is um, in two years' time, in three years' time, when we assessed, what do we look like? And that is one of the reasons um, why, yeah, at the city of Cape Town and like many other municipalities, um, we still believe that although we were in crisis, um, although we would experiment with every component of our SEM policy, as we do continuously as a city while delivering services, is that we would always um, install a good set of governance uh, principles um, and so forth within the city. And I think, um, or not I think, um, I went and asked the inventory controllers within the city how many um, PPE um, items were issued since March 2020. And I got the total of 16 million items up until date had been issued related to PPE. And that is a remarkable system that one has to have to keep that going during a time of a crisis, especially when we had comeback periods at different phases and we had different waves of the pandemic, as well so different levels of urgency in a market that saw a lot of opportunity. So, Chair, we, we established, and I, I hate to use this acronym, almost a procurement warum. We were very fortunate um, as a city in that we had a number of um, contracts in place. 
that we could uh, procure PPE from. But we didn't escape the, the understanding that we would have to approach the market, especially because of volumes and items that we hadn't thought of while entering into contracts outside um, of the pandemic. So specific, coming to the specific questions, um, Honorable Cesar um, asked a, a question around um, the two officials, and that also came up uh, with uh, Honorable Mutumba. Um, the two officials um, relating to the overpricing that was on three different products was N5, N95 masks, um, uh, disinfectants, and gloves. Um, they weren't big contracts. However, there was overpricing between 131% and 2000% uh, at that time. It was in particular in the wave four uh, uh, part. Um, the two officials um, that wasn't included in my uh, detailed report that I did submit, uh, but the two officials did leave um, the city. They were under forensic investigation. Our standard uh, operating process is that um, once we found overpricing um, through the controls that we had, we would report the matter to our forensic side because we must take responsibility for our own staff and exercise consequence management, but that we would also exercise consequence management over those organizations that overcharged us. The one organization came back um, and in, in indicated to us that their loading prices, prices that they uh, were charged uh, were also housed. that they shifted onto the city because of the demand at that stage. Um, we uh, didn't hesitate, but to still report the matter to National Treasury and the Competition Commission who have access to many more tools than the city to test overpricing, considering the volatile market that we're exposed to. So just as far as the two officials um, are concerned that were part of our controls that didn't report this matter up when it was required, um, the forensic investigation reported that they should be accountable um, for the higher price it accepted. Um, and both those officials consequently have, have left um, the city. They were both. The question is asking which departments there were by Honorable Matumba. He asked the question. And I can confirm that they were both um, in the supply chain management component of the city. The one was in inventory management and the other one was in procurement. And I reassured for the second, reassure you for the second time, they're no longer working for the city. Um, if there is a case to be answered um, at the level of impact on this matter, um, of course, we will then still pursue um, a recovery. Um, so on the other matter that arose is the matter of water supply. Um, the question was asked, and if you don't mind, because both politicians asked the question um, around water supply, so I'll deal with it collectively. The, we, the city was overpriced by 1.724 million by the service provider. Um, the, this was identified during the course, obviously, by the uh, during the audit of the Auditor General at the city of Cape Town. Um, the, we're not trading uh, with the service provider at this particular point and we don't intend to until the matter has been finalized uh, by MPAC. Um, we are convinced via our own forensic um, reporting that an irregular expenditure did take place. That's why we have stopped. In fact, it's classified as wasteful expenditure, and I can confirm that the water service is working with our legal service at the moment uh, on the recovery. So we're not waiting for the impact uh, consideration. Um, the reason why the comment and the Honorable uh, Matumba picked this matter up why the word um, considering uh, by impact was used is because I never want to be as an official uh, um, in a position where I preempt the thought pattern um, of an impact process. Um, that is a process where um, the, the, the recoverability is investigated um, and I respect that particular component. I can confirm to the honorable member that it is scheduled to be considered by impact on the 28th of June. Of course, then I would know the, the outcome. 
But I can certainly tell you as officials within the city, when we are aware of wasteful expenditure, um, we are in any case moving directly uh, for recovery from um, the um, from, uh, from from the company itself. And I confirm again that we're not trading with that company as we speak. And we haven't been trading with that company um, since the finding has been made available to us. However, there's also an internal question that needs to be asked, and that is the staff that were controlling that particular contract, um, what happened to them? Um, I can confirm that there is consequence management taking place by that particular line department um, or line directorate. Um, then there was questions by um, Honorable Butelezi. Um, Topanos, you're quite correct, was blacklisted by National Treasury. Their blacklisting was for a period of one month, and that was in 2019. Um, there was no reason for us not to use Topanos um, during the time of procurement um, of PPE. Um, I can also confirm to you that in part, a part of our standard procedures of which we didn't um, relinquish during the time of the pandemic was confirmation whether the companies were on a blacklisting or blacklisted by National Treasury. This has to be because we would have not have known if national companies um, in other municipalities were creating havoc with regards to the pandemic acquisitions. So it is part and parcel of our tests in order to ensure um, that we do spend um, government money local government money and so forth uh, or with reputable companies when providing us with a value service. Um, on, on website, that's um, obviously some research has been done by Honorable Butelezi, but there's nothing that restricts us from doing work with a company uh, that doesn't have a website. We have a particular compliance checklist. Um, and the, the important thing for us always is the deliverable and whether they're able to deliver and, of course, fair pricing and so forth. So also with regards to, I'm, I'm almost sure Honorable Butelezi referred to a company that would have been acknowledged within the building industry. Um, if we were just all recall at that stage that there were various suppliers re-engineered to be able to provide PPE during the time of pandemic. And of course, I would suspect that that is as a result that many companies felt the pressure and that they had to re-engineer themselves um, for the market and saw opportunity. The focus um, of the city was that it needed the PPE, um, that it had to be a fair pricing. It had to have staff servicing um, the public, and um, there's nothing wrong with, with uh, obviously procuring as long as the product can be uh, provided. Um, I think I've answered um, all the questions. I can be reminded if I've left one or two arts, but that's what I wanted to share at this particular point. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you. Uh, I hope there's no uh, outstanding uh, matter. Uh, we can only allow now members, if, if there's anything we have missed, uh, if there are any follow-ups on the questions that you raised after receiving the responses. Can I take hands? The first one is Teza, Honorable Teza. Can I allow you, Honorable Teza? No, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. My question uh, with, with regards to the ABC of finance uh, spoke to the industrialization of your rural municipalities in terms of the forced migration, because at some point uh, your then um, Chairperson um, uh, Helen Zille spoke to fellow South Africans who are traveling or migrating to Cape Town as foreigners. Uh, now, how is it that you are uh, 
may ensuring that uh, there is a massive uh, development of the rural municipalities, your your own rural municipalities, so that these things of uh, calling people uh, uh, foreigners while we are in the country do not manif- manifest again because we are of the view that uh, in order to bridge the wage gap between the rich and the poor, uh, some industrialization, some special economic zones must be must be adhered to, must 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 be developed consciously and 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 deliberately by a willing uh, uh, government. So mind uh, is 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 just. Uh, about industrialization what is it and apart from that just the time frames in terms of 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 the plans uh, that they are uh, talking about there in the MEC for finance and i didn't hear uh, the question of the de- densification of danone and kosovo which is not completed to date a, a project which was supposed to have been completed in the 2019-2020 financial year to mitigate against the spread of COVID-19. I didn't hear that coming through, Chair, unless my thought process was was uh, disturbed by something uh, that came across me when I was uh, listening. Uh, I think those are the two, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, Honorable Matumba. Yeah, thank you, Chair. I, you know, I'm I'm taking a big one, uh, Chair. I, <clears throat> I I get it from the response in homelessness due to COVID. You know, I I don't understand how because. Uh, did COVID take homes from these people and there was a rise? COVID, what COVID did was to expose homelessness in Cape Town, Che. Because COVID forced, forced all of us to go home. And it showed that in Cape Town, there are a lot of people who do not have homes to go to. So the, the rise was not due to COVID. It, COVID just exposed a situation that is already there. Now, we are told municipalities to take action. Now, the action must tell us. It must not tell us something temporary. It must tell us that we have allocated land and this is where we are going to build for these people. And chair. Uh, what uh, Honorable Kaiza is raising is very much key. The issue of homelessness will continue to occur because where our people are, there is no economic activity and therefore they must go to town to work in town and in town they must find a place to stay. Only those who work in offices and those who have formal work are able to get a place to stay. But those who go uh, for informal work and all those things, they don't have a place to stay. Now, lastly, Chair, I thought we were going to get a a sincere apology from 
from the city of Cape Town for the way they were evicting our people during COVID. I mean, uh, evicting a, a, a naked man uh, in front of cameras. I thought there was going to be that uh, apology and uh, I thought they were going to tell us what did they do to restore the dignity of that uh, African child. Because, I mean, he, he, that man was stripped of his entire dignity. And it's, it's something that we should have been told here in this committee that this is what we did as an apology to that man. This is uh, how we are apologizing further. And these are the steps that we are going to take that that thing doesn't happen again, Chair. Uh, in democracy, Chairperson, uh, to see a, 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 an African man, entire African man naked, being pulled around and bulldozed by police. That is something that was heartbreaking. And I thought the, the, the city of Cape Town will have that conscience to say, uh, we, 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 we apologize to parliament. Uh, but it seems as if uh, they, they don't see anything wrong with the action they took against that man. Thank you. Uh, honorable Speech. Good morning, Chair. Good morning, colleagues, and good morning to the provincial government. Chair, I'm not going to put on, I'm just traveling in a remote area. Uh, mine is not a follow up, mine is just an understanding, Chair, of the brief for this meeting. The brief for this meeting, if I'm correct, is the issues for consideration on the follow up meeting with the province. Um, in with regards to the audit findings related to COVID-19. And, and Chair, I, with respect to my colleagues, I also understand the questions that are raised. If there's particular issues that we would want to, um, you know, do oversight on and would want more information on and content, I think we should arrange that for that purpose. And for, main, for instance, if we look at um, you know, economic development strategies, the issues of homelessness, because I know there's a number of, of projects going, but I don't think that is what the brief was for this a delegation to come and brief us on. And now we are asking questions. There's got nothing to do with the brief. And with all due respect, that is just all I wanted to raise, she whilst I'm listening. Thank you. Thank you. Um... Um, uh, I will then allow the uh, uh, leader of the delegation to uh, organize the responses to the questions raised. And uh, I think from there, we are almost about to wind up the engagement. So you can you can organize your people to respond to the issues that have been raised. Uh, Minister. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Um, Honorable Tresa's um, questions on industrialization. I'd just like to make it clear that there is no forced migration in the Western Cape. Um, he asked about industrialization and special economic zones. Um, he'll be pleased to know that we have two in the Western Cape. The first is the Saldana Industrial Development Zone, which has just received a free port status. And we were very happy to have uh, our partner from the Deputy Minister of the DTIC visiting us about 10 days ago in Saldana Bay. We also have the Atlantis Special Economic Development Zone, which is focusing on green technologies. 
if the committee would like more information on, on these um, uh, special purpose vehicles, uh, we'd be happy to provide it if you'd uh, just let us know the specifics. Um, then um, also in terms of uh, Honourable Matumba and Honourable Spies' comments and questions, um, perhaps I could um, ask the committee to, to put uh, questions in writing, which we'd be happy to respond to. Um, then I'd just like to check um, whether my colleagues in the Provincial Treasury would like to make any final uh, inputs on those uh, follow-up questions, um, as well as um, local government. Um, and uh, I see uh, Dr. Malila has also turned on his camera, so I think he'll make some comments as well. So let's start with you, Dr. Malila. Thank you. Minister, thank you for that. And also thank you to the chair and to those that asked questions. Maybe just on the issue of, um, of homelessness. I mean, I want to um, report to this committee that this is a matter that we are taking um, serious. Obviously, the issues of around the regulations and all those things were, I mean, it's, it's, it's a massive stumbling block, particularly within the um, city of Cape Town and even in some of the other um, municipalities. We've had a couple of sessions already at cabinet level where we discussed as part of our well-being theme, because I mean, one of our priorities um, in this government, other than safety and the economy or jobs, is the issue around well-being. And ha having a roof over your house, uh, having a roof over your head and um, not being homeless is part of the whole concept of well-being. So as a government, I mean, Chair, I want to indicate that the Premier is taking the issue serious. We're working closely with the city as well as the rest of the municipalities to obviously make sure that there's proper integration you know, of these um, homeless people, firstly into communities, and then obviously um, if they can't integrate into their own communities to make sure that at least um, you know they have access to um, our many shelters um, in the in the province, and particularly in the metro. And I mean, from our Department of Social Development, we've got particular strategies of dealing with these um, shelters, um, both from a funding perspective, but also primarily from a well-being perspective. To know you know that people are okay, because ultimately it is about integrating you know these many homeless people back into um, their communities. I just wanted to confirm, Chair, so for the record, that we do have a strategy of dealing with people, you know, um, that are homeless um, at the moment. Thanks, Minister. Thank you. Um, any uh, final comments or additions from Provincial Treasury side? Um, Mr. Savage, over to you. Um, uh, two matters, Chair. I mean, I think on the question of, of rural industrialization, I, I think the, the, the scope of work that the, that, the, the, that the province and municipalities are doing in this regard is, is, is pretty broad. I mean, what we, the underlying strategy is work with the assets of local communities uh, and, uh, and, and help them to build on those. So, for example, in areas of the Southern Cape and the Garden Route, Tourism is uh, is is a real uh, has a lot of growth potential. Uh, whereas in the central Karoo, we may be working more with uh, with the agricultural industry and our Department of Agriculture very active in that space, um, and uh, and also the renewable energy space is one that's got a lot of potential. But that needs this is all based on quite deep economic analysis of what those assets are, what the uh, the comparative advantage of various areas of the province uh, is, and what we need to do to unlock uh, um, economic growth uh, and uh, and job creation in those. Uh, in those particular in those particular areas, 
I think there's just the second question on the on um, just to go back to the question of uh, section 32 of uh, of the of the the MFMA. Just to clarify that the the key here is that uh, that a committee of counsel has to investigate uh, uh, unauthorized irregular fruitless or wasteful expenditure and recommend to the council uh, actions that should be taken uh, in this uh, in this regard. So. Um, this is important for, for the consequence management system and ensuring um, that the internal control system and the environment around that is strengthened. So from the provincial treasury side, we recommend that the MPAC is used as the committee uh, for these investigations because uh, their main purpose is looking at governance and, and performance oversight. Um, but some municipalities do have specific com committees uh, established in terms of Section 32 of the MFMA, um, the, and the Structures Amendment Act does provide for impacts to be used to, to investigate uh, uh, these expenditures. Thank you. Chairperson? Yeah. Chairperson? Yes. I have not uh, heard the question of the answer to the question of the project of densification of Danone and Kosovo, which is still not completed to date. I've not heard anyone responding to that. I would suggest that rather than going to town, maybe we should just uh, be pointed in answering the questions so that the questions do not escape us. Thank you very much. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, in, and in terms of uh, honorable space, we are quite uh, uh, prepared as to what to ask in this committee. We are not going to ask superficial questions as expected. We will hold the, the executive to account, which is our duty as legislators within the committee chair, with, with due respect. Thank you. Uh, I, 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 I suspect uh, Honorable Teza, the, the team was still responding, so I'm not sure, but I think you have reminded them if they, there was uh, nobody going to speak about their mom. Chair, yeah. can I come in? Yes. Okay, uh, thanks very much. Um, um, on, I, I, I want to uh, quickly respond to Honorable Kaiser on Kosovo and Danone in particular. Um, again, I think that the the sentiment of Honorable Spice it's 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 appropriate and correct because me sitting here now, I won't be able to be in detail as to what is the progress of the work that needs to be done in Danun. But my uh, fellow Mayor member, Malusi Boy, who's responsible for human settlements and leading those projects in Danun and Kosovo, would be best person to respond to that. And that's why I say then I, I concur with that sentiment because um, we'll end up guessing the answers, which is not what we want. Uh, what we want is to respond to the uh, questions as accurate and as appropriately as possible, uh, and they must be factual. 
But if then the questions are not what one was asked to come and account on, then it becomes difficult uh, to, to give an accurate and, and appropriate answer. Hence, I, I, I concur also with uh, uh, MEC Marini to say, you know, a, a follow-up return question can be responded to. Uh, so therefore, Chair, with regards to Kosovo, there, there has been a study done um, uh, that the city manager had requested to do. Uh, I've fortunately um, uh, came across that study because uh, uh, valuation in finance was part of that. So that's why I know that the work has been completed and then the human segment would be dealing with the matter as asked by uh, Honorable Teza, which I'm not privy to, uh, uh, to their project planning, preparation, and all of those things. Therefore, I cannot. But what I do know is that the matter of Danun has been looked at, study has been done, a report has been generated, and has been forwarded to the, um, uh, to the department uh, responsible. And then also in terms of the uh, the very same committee in terms of uh, uh, almost said Councillor Matumba, uh, Honorable Matumba, the 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 matter of a a, 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 a resident in Mpolwen in Kailicha who was uh, evicted and and decided to strip and all of those things was dealt with by the very same committee. Uh, the city of Cape Town was summoned by the very same committee to deal with the matter. So for us now to come and say we apologize for the matter that has been dealt by the very same committee, I find that uh, rather um, uh, unusual. I mean, uh, it has been dealt with extensively and the questions were asked and the response were given to that. And, and lastly, to concur with the DG around the issue of homelessness, uh, as I've indicated, uh, the, the, the mayor is very passionate about uh, solving the issue of homelessness. And uh, also, uh, Honorable Matumba, you, you can't force people to a home if they don't want to be a, in a home. There are many shelters and safe places. I know one is in town and regularly, daily, by the way, uh, we get a report as to how many uh, you know, vacant beds are available for people to utilize. And if people choose not to, you can't force them to. Neither can you force them to uh, a house if they don't want to stay in a house. So uh, it's an issue of, it's a very delicate issue rather. But as I've indicated, the mayor is more privy to it. And the premier is very passionate about it. And we all want it to be solved. And indeed, if uh, the homelessness people were to be able to use the safe spaces in town, it, it would make uh, things much easier for everybody. Uh, Chair, I think from the city of Cape Town, uh, that's, that's, that's about it. And if the uh, CFO has uh, anything to say as well, it's more than welcome to. Thank you. Uh, I would suggest that uh, uh, we must have exhausted now all the issues that were raised. If there are any areas that uh, require a follow-up, 
as was suggested by one of the members of the delegation, there will be a, a written follow-up uh, question which would indicate uh, what we expect. Uh, now, can I allow the leader of the delegation, if there are any closing remarks you want to make? Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, we're very grateful for the engagement today and for the questions posed. Um, and uh, we wish you all a pleasant day further. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we are also, as a committee, uh, appreciative of this uh, uh, sharing of information first. Uh, I'm sure when we sit down, uh, we'll be able to say there are a number of issues that we may not have been clear about, uh, which you have helped to clarify. As already indicated, if there are any gaps, we'll formalize that and communicate with you. And I think as well, we, we are noting some of the comments as we proceed. In other words, it's not only yourselves who must improve on what you are doing. We also have to improve on what we are doing, doing oversight, uh, following up on the laws that were passed and seeing how, you, uh, how the communities, the public is engaged. So in other words, we will definitely be different as a committee uh, before this experience of this sharing of information. Thank you very much, one, for coming, and uh, two, for being open. And I'm sure there will be positive contribution. The meeting is adjourned. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Recording stopped. Thank you.